in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris back on the Paracast, our guest this week is researcher Stan Gordon, who tells us that there was plenty of activity of various kinds, cryptid encounters, UFOs, etc., Bigfoot, Pennsylvania, and we'll get that in a few moments. But right now, Chris is preparing to make a cross-country move. (laughs) Or you're crazy enough to make a cross-country move. Yeah, especially during the winter. (laughs) Yeah, a good friend of mine is not doing well. Um, He's kind of going through some health issues, needs some help, and asked me if I would mind coming up and helping out uh, for a while. You know, I was kind of in between moves anyway. So the chance to get a little bit, you know, kind of a new environment, a little fresher perspective, avoid the uh, just withering heat that I had to undergo last year. Uh, So I'm going to be out there temporarily uh, helping out on some projects and other things. But I'm going to be kind of out in the the neck of the woods there where um, our today's guest, Stan Gordon, of course, is down in southwestern Pennsylvania and... I will be up in North Central, uh, just over the border in New York, but where I'm going to be staying, I look down over the border into Pennsylvania. So um, anything that happens up there, Stan, welcome back to the show. Uh, anything that happens up there, I'll be your uh, your Johnny on the spot. Well, that sounds good because, yeah, I get reports from all over the state. Uh, believe it or not, that this year marks 59 years of research I've been doing. I yep. still have yet to have my own personal UFO or Bigfoot encounter. But over the years, I know there have been there were a lot of incidents up in that general area, up in uh, oh geez, around what Honesdale. I'm trying to remember up uh, Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, Sayre. Of course, you you know about that famous case, uh, the giant skeletons were supposedly found up there. I know we right. have incidents around Tawanda. So over the years, I know there in fact have been a lot of reports, and also not that far away in the other side of the border going over towards Erie and McKean County and Warren County and then up around Tyanesta, which now takes you up to the Allegheny National Forest. That area has been hot for years with Bigfoot activity. We had a Thunderbird incident up there last year, uh, a lot of UFO reports. But I was up to give a lecture at one of the Bigfoot conferences last year, and a lot of people came up to me and shared their personal encounters with Bigfoot. There's just a lot of history of weird phenomena up in that area as well. Yeah. Well, I'm if, looking forward to getting back up there and, and experiencing a, a a little bit cooler weather in the summer. <laughs> yeah. What is the weather like now, Chris, where you're going? Well, I'm going to be arriving. It's going to be a high of 25, a low of 14. So they're going into a little bit more of the freezer, you know, polar icebox kind of scenario. But, uh, you know, in up here... Jeez, it's going to be 75 up here. So <laughs> during this time of year, it's pretty nice around here, but uh, a little bit more frigid back uh, back in New York State. Well, I made kind of the reverse trip 24 years ago from New Jersey, where it was snowing, going all the way to Arizona. So I don't know that I want to go back. Stan, if we're going to look at the area that Chris is moving to, what do you think is the most significant case there? Oh, my gosh. You know, it's... To be honest with you, I have, I'd have to go back to my files because there have been lots of cases. I would tell you probably, just the top of my head, I believe that's up around Carbondale. Is that the yeah. general area where you're going, Chris? Do you know about yeah. that? Yeah. 
Well, you had that somewhat famous UFO incident that still, just like with Kecksburg, there's still a lot of uh, curiosity and a lot of skepticism and a lot of theories on that incident happened, I believe it was 1974, if I recall, in Carbondale, Pennsylvania, where um, apparently a number of people saw a fiery object fall from the sky, allegedly into a small lake. Then there was all kind of stories that came out. It was making national news for days and local news. And then it got interesting because, as I recall, there were later some people claimed there was some, some military later involved. It, it's a long story. I have to go back and read the details. I was only indirectly involved in it back then, but there were other local investigators that did a lot of research on it. And there's some even in recent years that are continuing to investigate the case, and they believe there's a lot more to the story than a lot of people know about. So uh, it's an interesting case, and maybe you have time to look into it when you get in that area. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. A friend of mine is a geologist uh, and artist. He makes uh, beautiful uh, reproduction atlatls. He's involved with the, the Susquehanna Historical Society there, and I, I know he's mentioned some pretty interesting archaeological finds, uh, copper and, and bronze, I think, um, artifacts and, and other things. I seem to recall him talking about the uh, the giant, uh, the mound giants that they found. He'd be a good person to uh, bounce that that whole scenario off of. Of course, it's an area that's um, pretty well known for a lot of uh, woodland culture uh, mounds there. In fact, the property where I'm moving to is 105 acres on the highest uh, mountain in Chemung County. Well, they call them mountains out there. Here it would be a small foothill <laughs> out west there, but... He has uh, a, an Indian mound on his property, and um, they um, they just, you know, looking at it, the part that's kind of tumbled down the hill a little bit, they, they kind of started unstacking some stones, and they found some trade good items and um, some pipes, actually some old uh, 1600 pipes from the mid to late 1600s, long-stemmed uh, tobacco pipes, and and uh, found some other types of artifacts and stuff in there. And uh, the whole area is just filled with all kinds of historical um, significance um, because of its proximity to the Susquehanna River, which was an important waterway, of course, back in the uh, colonial days and uh, in, 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 into prehistory, too, where the Indians were fishing and hunting and, and um, migrating up and down that river. So I, I've been to the area many times uh, over the years, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing some tramping around um, out there and getting down from altitude. <laughs> I've been up yeah. above uh, four or 5,000 feet now for uh, you know, 25 years almost, so it'd be good to get down closer to sea level. Very interesting. Yeah, there there has indeed been a lot of activity in the general area we are moving into. Yeah. I, I deal mainly in PA, but I do get reports from other states as well. And uh, But I know just from memory – Especially the seventies, eighties, I was getting a lot of reports from those areas up through there, and um, it was a, a a very interesting, probably one of the best uh, mass UFO sightings uh, back years ago. Not too far from there, that's over in uh, Lycoming County, and that would have been around uh, Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Yeah, and there was a. Very, very involved investigation. I mean, I interviewed multitudes of witnesses. There were other, other investigators in the area that was, was involved in it. This was a massive sighting. I'm trying to remember the year. I, I know it was in the 70s. I think it was about 1975-76. I could be off a little bit. It was around there some, And there was multitudes of witnesses 
that observed this very large, solid, very low-level, huge boomerang triangle object. May have been more than one involved because it was reported uh, right over populated parts of, of that town of uh, Williamsport. Many, many people saw it. Uh, I mean, now, you know, historically, a lot of UFOs are completely silent. But the ones that make noise historically make a tremendous amount of noise. And uh, some was like a loud whooshing sound or a, a humming. But in some cases, they make a terrific sound. In this case, it was like a, a train coming down the street, but there was no train around. And it was shaking and vibrating. Uh, the wind is in the area. The animals are going crazy. People were running outside to see what it was. And some people were standing underneath this thing. It was only 150, 250 feet off the ground. And there were multitudes of eyewitnesses who saw it there in, in some of the nearby counties later that day. And it was making a, quite a bit of local news for several days. And there was a big investigation. I remember I, I did FOIA requests or whatever um, with um, the FAA, I believe the Air Force, the Navy. It, it was a very interesting, detailed case and uh, one that nobody ever came up with a solution for. Hey, guys, I'm going to break here, and we'll go back to covering these cases from Pennsylvania and New York State. We have Stan Gordon with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got, like, I guess 60 or so different items. And entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. Hear that? 
That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. And what they don't steal will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and Fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. Faketv.com. Message and data rates may apply. You don't follow the herd. You blaze your own trail. And you're as adventurous in the kitchen as you are in life. Whether it's paddleboard yoga or Peruvian steak, you're the first to try new things. So are we. We're Green Chef, the first USDA-certified organic meal kit delivery service. We offer delicious meal plans for seven different lifestyles. Paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegetarian, vegan, carnivore, and omnivore. Want to be the first of your friends to try Green Chef? Discover our exclusive introductory deal by texting the keyword FUN66 to 543543. We believe that cooking, just like life, should be all about experience and flavor. And by exploring dinner options with Green Chef, you'll try new recipes, techniques, and ingredients for bold new restaurant-level flavors. It's like enjoying a new cooking class, but in your own home. To experience this culinary adventure, text now and discover our exclusive introductory deal. Text FUN66 to 543543. That's F-U-N-66 to 543543. Hi, I'm Kelly Cook, Chief Marketing Officer for Kmart and Sears. Every baby deserves the best possible start, but not all babies get one. March of Dimes is changing that. You can help us lead the fight for the health of all moms and babies. Join me and Kmart to March for Babies. Let's raise funds and be champions for families near and far. Together, we are building a brighter future. Sign up for Kmart's team today at marchforbabies.org. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Stan Gordon, UFO researcher from Pennsylvania, were to get into some of the new stuff that happened in 2017 in his area. But right now, in light of the fact that Chris is moving to the wilds of, <laughs> or whatever it is, in yeah. upstate New York, on top of a mountain or something, you were telling me? Yeah, it's Chemung County. It's right there um, north of Sarah in, in Athens, Pennsylvania. And then, and then just two miles away is Waverly, which is right over the border. And then... If you go a little bit north of there, um, about three miles, I, I'm on the highest hill in the county there, 105 acres, and I can look right down into Pennsylvania and then back up towards the uh, Finger Lakes region. How high is this mountain? Well, as mountains go, for the back east, it's pretty high. I think I'm up around 3,000 feet, uh, 2,800. But, um, I mean, that's half the altitude I'm at right now, and I'm in a valley. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, better you than me. I'm not a mountain kind of person. I like flat. No, no, yeah. I'd, I'd much rather be in mountainous terrain. Easy for you to say. Yeah. Let's just return here to the case histories. Stan, I want to look at 2017 in relation to the past here. And, of course, there's a perception on the part of some people that the number of UFO cases has gone down in recent years, at least the ones that have more than 
basic images of lights in the sky. What's really happening out there? Are UFO sightings on the decrease? Are significant sightings on the decrease the same level or more? Well, I would say I receive reports every year, all year round on all type of weather conditions. And yes, you know, the high percentage of sightings we can explain. They're misidentifications we've talked about many times are bright stars and lights on aircraft and meteors and drones now and Chinese lanterns. So a lot of things you can track down. But we have significant reports every year. What I have seen in the last several years, so going back to at least top of my head, maybe 2013, I'm seeing an increase in what I call the classic UFO reports. These are not lights in the sky, but these are large structured craft low to the ground. These are the kind of cases you used to hear about in, in the 50s and the 60s quite a bit. But then over the years, you don't hear about them that much around the country. But I was seeing an, an increase in some of these kind of cases. And um, just going back, just, just to give you an example, one that stands uh, out in my head is incident happened in June, I believe it was June 1st of 2013. This was about 20-some miles east of Pittsburgh. Uh, around Early that evening, around 10 o'clock in the evening, as I recall, on a four-lane highway in North Huntington Township, Pennsylvania. And this witness was a, a woman who did not believe in UFOs and her three-year-old child. They're riding down Route 30 eastbound. She's on the cell phone talking to somebody when all of a sudden she has to stop right in the middle of a four-lane highway. And she said to me, said, I could not believe I'm the only car in the area. This car's way ahead of me. This car's way behind me. I had to stop because here's this huge metallic acorn-shaped object just hovering over the road uh, just a short distance away. I think it was about 60 feet away. And this thing has taken up all four lanes of the highway. And she said it was kind of a big metallic rectangular object. It was like a gondola on a blimp, but without the blimp. And it had a very unusual lighting on it. I had windows on it. And her little three-year-old child yells, Mommy, flying iPad in the sky. And the woman had to pass underneath it to get to her home. So as she's um, going underneath this thing, she passed underneath it. It's completely silent. She loses her cell phone signal. As she passes underneath it, all the digital displays on her car on the dashboard go out. The clock, the temperature indicator, the airbag status indicator, the radio she was listening to went off the air. The Bluetooth sync suddenly blacked out. And uh, she lost her cell phone signal, as I mentioned. She tried to take a picture of it with her iPhone. That it would not go into the camera mode to let her take a picture. But she went nope. down the road about half a mile away. All the electronics came back on, and she regained her signal. I interviewed her numerous times. I went down to interview her and checked the car out. And she said that the car, which was relatively new at that time, had never performed properly since that night. And that, that was one of numerous other cases we can talk about that happened. But we're seeing more and more reports in recent years of these large structured craft. And what I'm getting, besides your typical cylindrical objects, the big cigar-shaped objects, the big triangle objects that continue to be reported, we're getting a lot more reports of these large, solid, rectangular objects. Some are solid black seen in daylight hovering over trees, uh, I've had reports of them very low over highways in certain areas. So that's the kind of reports we're getting. And then we can also talk about the many UFOs that I've been getting reports on again recently, and I've been investigating for many, many years. 
You know, let's go to the mini UFOs. Okay. <laughs> so is this being that we're going to see the little people? <laughs> These are very little. We're talking a few inches to about a foot or so in diameter. I started investigating these reports back 1960s. What I found over the years was very, very interesting is that these objects, whatever they might be, come very close to witnesses. We're talking inches to feet away. And in some cases, they've actually entered people's homes and cars through uh, open windows and gently floated back out or went right through the walls of homes, for example. I had one case uh, up near State College a few years ago. So, Chris, that's not really that far from where you're going to be moving, and that more of that general area. This was a beautiful afternoon. Fellow had a nice big new truck. He was riding down the road, pretty good rate of speed, and he notices this little sphere, I believe he said it was about the size of a softball, pacing the car at the passenger side window, but the window was down. And this little spherical object enters the cab of his, of his truck, floats all around, floats up or along his body, floats along his leg, and finally it just goes right on through the bed of the truck and disappears. So those reports are really intriguing. Up towards Punxsutawney, where Punxsutawney Phil lives, years ago I remember interviewing a woman that told me she was in her kitchen, and uh, one of these little spheres flies in, the, in through the window, and it's floating around in there, and what is her reaction? She grabs her broom and starts striking it. <laughs> and she said when she hit it, it split into two identical little spheres. They floated around the house, went back out the window, and were gone. And those are very interesting. But some of the reports I had uh, even recently are pretty fascinating. One in particular, this happened um, up in uh, Ligonier. Now, this is very close to the Chestnut Ridge. And that Chestnut Ridge is that 100-mile-long mountain range that runs from uh, – Preston County, West Virginia, to Westmore and Indiana County. It continues to be probably one of the hottest areas in the country year after year for ongoing phenomena. So going back many, many years, we have many UFO reports, lots and lots of, of close-range Bigfoot encounters. We have encounters with other cryptids such as the giant birds, the thunderbirds, and black panthers, and other weird entities, and mystery booms, which, by the way, we've had in the recent weeks. And we'll talk about the mystery booms in our next segment with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. 
Over the last four years, three of the biggest online precious metals dealers have gone bankrupt and their owners put in prison due to theft and fraud. Having previously purchased precious metals, can you be sure you purchased the right product? Did you receive proper advice? Or were you stung by one of these companies? Miles Franklin has been in business for 29 years without receiving any material customer or regulatory complaints ever. Maintaining an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating and residing in Minnesota, the only state in America that regulates the precious metals industry, making doing business in precious metals with Miles Franklin the safest choice, bar none. Call us at 866-485-4346 and let us review your portfolio at no commitment whatsoever. Again, that's 866-485-4346. Get the peace of mind you deserve in working with a precious metals company with a reputation like Miles Franklin. Again, that's 866-485-4346. Miles Franklin Precious Metals, the name you can trust. Many people write us about their experience with Extendivite. Allow me to read you a few from Amazon.com. By Mel. Great product. My husband and father-in-law use it regularly. Both my husband and father-in-law have had significant change in their blood pressure and overall health. By Amazon customer. It works for me. Return to buy the tincture and the capsules as they were on sale during February. Unlike some other products, this one worked for blood pressure and occasional irregular heartbeat. Extendivite produced noticeable results after just two bottles, a four-month supply. I take Extendivite three times a day, every day. I think this supplement has helped with my increased fitness regime and to lower my blood pressure. Tell us your story. Get Extendivite today. Call one 877 928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com Extend your life with Extendovite have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Hi, this is James Fox from Chasing UFOs. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, Chris is planning his cross-country trip to New York. He'll be there by the time you hear this show, because it'll be broadcast the weekend of the 11th of February. We have Stan Gordon, Pennsylvania UFO researcher, talking about... A lot of activity in Pennsylvania, cryptids, Bigfoot, UFOs, and we're talking about the mini UFOs, the little people, the tiny ones. Now, what I'm thinking here is, is it possible there's a race of people out there that just happen to be real small? Or are we seeing just something that might be an illusion of something? Or, you know, one of the theories for years has been these are some type of probes that are 
gathering data that come close to human activity. I remember uh, a case um, several years ago, there were several people in a parking lot that the mall had just closed here in uh, West Warren County, and they were standing there when one of these little spheres comes floating by them, going against the wind, and one of the persons there was a just got had been in the military. He said this thing floated so close he could easily reach out and grab this thing, but he wasn't about to do it. He said this thing appeared to be constructed, appeared to be intelligent. It was moving steadily against the wind, made no sound, but he wasn't about to grab it because he didn't know what it was. So that's been one of the theories. One that happened uh, very recently, September 20th, not far from the Chestnut Ridge outside of Ligonier, where we're continuing to get all kind of weird reports and cryptids and UFOs and weird things. And this occurred um, in the early morning of September 20th, and a woman was sleeping when something uh, awoke her, and she saw this light shining in the bedroom window, but she realized that there's no outside lights around there, so she got up and she went to the window, and she said, suspended in the air, about six to seven feet from the window and about eight to nine feet off the ground, is this very tiny silver dollar-sized diameter object that was kind of an odd color, kind of a yellowish pale green color. And the light was steady, but it was not real bright, and it didn't uh, reflect any type of light around the surrounding, and it was not completely around, kind of more squashed like an egg shape. It hovered there, and then it was gone. That one was interesting, but then we had one that occurred down in Fayette County, and Fayette County is one of those areas along the Chestnut Ridge, so in southwest PA, that's Westmoreland, Fayette, Indiana County. Hotbed reports every year. October 25th, early morning, about 6.45 in the morning, this man, he was going down the steps to the driveway to warm up his wife's car because it was a very cold morning. It was about 35 degrees. And he's walking down. The whole area is well lit around the car. He's walking down the steps, and he's only, I believe, 10, 12 feet away. And he turns and looks at his wife's car, and he said, I don't even know how to explain what I saw or what this thing was, but he said, I turned around to look, and right behind the right bumper of the car is this object that's about two feet tall. He said it kind of resembled a small haystack, as any way you could describe it. It was translucent, not white. It was kind of a, a silver-like, yeah, kind of a glassy silver-like appearance, and there also appeared to be some type of black line, something going through the body of whatever this thing was. This thing was hovering about one to two inches above the driveway, and he got a little close to this thing, and he said, all of a sudden, I must have realized it was there, and he said, all of a sudden, he said, this thing, without any sound, just zipped to the left side of the bumper, then it moved like a bullet straight down into the darkness along the side of the car and was gone. And he said, I only wish I had my cell phone with me to get a picture of this thing. So it only lasted seconds. He got a good look at it. But what this thing was, where it went to, is a whole some, uh, experience he just couldn't explain. I'll tell you, just hearing these stories, you can get pretty wacky just thinking about them. My hotline's been open since 1969. My phone never stops ringing with reports. So between that and the emails I get every day, it's unbelievable how much stuff goes on. And can you imagine how much is not reported, or people wait for weeks or months, sometimes years before they report in. I, I do a lot of lectures locally and around the country. 
everywhere I go. I spoke at a big event in Pittsburgh over the weekend. Everywhere I go, people come up to me and share experiences with me. Some of them rather call me later or talk to me privately, but they tell me about all these encounters they've had with cryptids and UFOs and other strange phenomena. We can't even imagine how much of this is going on, but it's not reported. And you got to remember, there's many other groups and investigators out there now. They're all getting reports, too. So this is a phenomena that is much more active, much more common than many people realize. Are we seeing, or have you followed that much, are we seeing areas of the country where we're getting an unusually high percentage of stuff? I really, to be honest, I, I couldn't tell you that. I do try to monitor a lot of information around the country, but I, I'm so busy just focusing on Pennsylvania, I'm not aware of that. Just in Pennsylvania, Bucks County, Fayette County, uh, Westmoreland County, th- these are some of the per capita, I think Bucks County is third in the country for per capita UFO sightings. And of course, all along that, I guess it'd be the west side of the Alleghenies there, that Chestnut Ridge area, as you mentioned, has, has just been, every time that we have Stan on the show, he's got a whole new slew of sighting reports that have come from that uh, that particular part of the state. It's it's an area I can't wait to go go uh, investigate there, down uh, around the border there with, I guess it would be around Morgantown, correct? Or that chestnut yeah, the, the edge would be going over in that general direction, then coming yeah. back to the southwest Pennsylvania. Indiana would be at the north of, of Chestnut Ridge, and then Morgantown would be at the south end? Uh, I have to get my map. I believe that's what it is. Yeah, you've got, uh, again, the active areas are Westmoreland, Fayette, and Indiana County, then going down into Preston County, West Virginia. Right, okay. And yes, it's very active. In fact, I I don't know if you've seen it or not, but uh, October 20th of last year, uh, Seth Breedlove, I think you might be aware of Seth, that has Small Town Monsters, he uh, produced a film which I did a lot of, uh, I was involved uh, deeply in the film. It was called Invasion on Chestnut Ridge, which is on Amazon right now. And um, a number of very interesting witnesses came forward for the first time to share their encounters with some of the Kexburg case and UFOs and cryptids. And uh, it's a very fascinating uh, new documentary. Yeah, that area is, is, it's for the East Coast, there's a lot of real vast remote areas there. With like hardly any roads at all, uh, just a few, a few kind of forest roads going through the area. But there's vast stretches of, of wilderness out there. I'm on Google Earth right now, looking, uh, especially the area uh, with o- Ohio Pile on the west or on the east, and uh, the Lamont Furnace on the uh, west, and Chalk Hill at the south end. There's a huge area there that's got to be. 40 square miles of just nothing but mountains. And you're naming numerous towns which has a great history of a lot of frequent Bigfoot reports. Yeah. That is a hotbed right in that area. And, yeah, I can uh, see. Right. May, outside of Fair Chance in that general area, um, May 10th of 2016, uh, there was an amazing Bigfoot encounter that my associate Jim Brown investigated. And uh, I've had many cases from up there, but that day, these two men were riding down this uh, very thick, very rural road in that area, which has a lot of history of these incidents. It was a pouring down rain, and this huge seven-foot-tall, hairy Bigfoot creature comes down the left side of the road and stands 20 feet in front of their vehicle in the middle of the road. It's standing there looking at them. They're standing there. There's two men in the car looking at it. This goes on for a short period of time. 
um, at one point, the fellows in the car actually moved their vehicle right up to this thing, and they actually have uh, the bumper of it against the uh, the knees of the creature, and it turns around, put its hands on the front of the car, then backs up and walks down the road off into the woods. Very, very interesting, very detailed case. You go to my website, StanGordon.info, you can read the whole report on there. And it's just been an area where we had reports. I've, I've heard of a report in recent weeks, not far from there, from another individual. And uh, it's just a yearly phenomenon. It goes on all the time. And I can tell you, the stranger the report, the more reluctant a lot of the witnesses are to come forward. But Let's do our break here. We're going to have more of these unusual cases from all over Pennsylvania and environs. More to come with Gene and Chris and Stan Gordon. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Hawaii was a wake-up call. Don't be caught without a disaster shelter. Atlas makes an all-disaster shelter that will protect your family from fallout, tornadoes, and hurricanes for only $99.99. That also includes the NBC air filtration system, solid steel construction with an airtight bulletproof door. That's right, for $99.99 and up, call 1-855-4-BUNKER or go to IWantThatShelter.com. Atlas Survival Shelters, the world leader in fallout shelters. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. 
But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products, most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? We have a second radio show we like you to listen to. It's called After the Paracast. You can only download After the Paracast if you subscribe to Paracast Plus. For more information, go to this site, plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. We offer subscriptions beginning at $1.49 a week. We offer a version of this show free of the network ads and lots more stuff common always at the Paracast Plus. Stan Gordon is telling us about all the strange and unusual encounters across Pennsylvania year after year. Now, I brought this up before in terms of intensity of activity. Do you have stats comparing the number of events in Pennsylvania in 2017 compared to previous years, UFOs, Bigfoot, cryptid encounters? You know, I I did it for years and years. I I have three. um, My time now is very limited compared to what it used to be. I'm still extremely busy doing this, but I've got three young grandchildren, which my wife and I are spending a lot of time babysitting. And I, I wish I had more extra time to do it. So I, unfortunately, I don't. I mean, I keep records of all my reports. But also, you know, in those reports year after year, there was a lot of reports that we could explain away. And because there was an explanation for them. But I keep records of all my cases, all my reports. But I haven't seen anything significant in, in the way of a major outbreak or major increase in, in unusual activity because I get reports every, and t- since 1973 when we had that major, major UFO Bigfoot wave here. And there have been periodic waves every once in a while, but nothing major like that. Uh, but we're getting those very intriguing incidents. And I'm just really basically focusing on those really interesting detailed cases because they're the ones that are most important. For those who have something weird happen to them, is it still just call you or something? Well, again, a lot of people call me. You know, I still get out as best I can cases that weren't investigation. You know, back in the 1970, I founded my first group. That was a Westmoreland County UFO study group. And it was probably the most active in the field in the country for years and years. By 1973, 
we had started as a small group here in Greensburg in the Pittsburgh area. By 1973, we had covered the whole state of Pennsylvania. And the group was kind of unique in that the majority of people involved were research specialists. We had scientists and engineers and technicians and chief police officers and former military intelligence people and went on and on and on. And... 1973, as more and more people were finding out about us, actually, uh, we began to get referrals from the state police and other agencies. We were just overwhelmed with reports, and then that major outbreak occurred in, in 73, so we were lucky we were already established, and we were just out there day and night investigating reports. So I, I expanded, and I had two other groups over the years, and uh, since November of 93, I've been working as an independent researcher. But I maintain contact with many other researchers and groups around uh, Pennsylvania, around the country. I still have some of the uh, my original research people I still work with. So if I'm unable, unable to get out and can't do as much as I used to do, but I got as much as I can on case of warranted or other people that I'm aware of can go out and investigate in some cases. But I, I interview people all the time. And these reports are ongoing. So people, yes, they can call me uh, anytime and talk to me. What do you find in terms of attitudes of people? Now that we've heard more credibility given to UFOs since the report of this Pentagon UFO study and everything, do you see any change in attitude among the people you talk to? Not really, because, you know, what I found uh, years ago, and it still goes on all the time, a lot of people call in, but they're, they're very reluctant that first they don't want to give their names out. They want to make sure I'm not going to laugh at them. You know, they want to share their experience and find out if other people have these encounters. But so many of the people I interview over the years are people that did not believe that UFOs or cryptids could exist until they had their own personal encounter. And, and for so many of these people, it was a life-changing event. I mean, I'm still in touch with some witnesses from probably 20, 30 years ago or more, and I run into and talk to them every once in a while. And some of these people's lives have never been the same since they had their encounter. So this is something you deal with quite often. But people report when they see something. You know, some people see more than one thing in the past. Some people have never seen anything until this one particular time. And again, a lot of the reports come in, and initially they sound very strange. At least the people think it's strange, but we can track them down. For example, we've had some very bright fireball meteors over this area in the last six months. We've had other events with um, the Chinese lanterns and with drones and, uh, you know, just a lot of things that look strange, but we can track them down and figure out what they are. But some of these reports we've had in the last few years of these huge, solid craft, even in daylight. And, and a lot of our reports, by the way, about cryptids and UFOs are in daylight. They're not at nighttime. Mm. That's also interesting, event too, that these things are in situations where it's a lot more difficult to just mistake something. Exactly. And with so many of these Bigfoot reports we've had over the years, these are not like you see on some of the TV shows where they see a shadow in the dark a half a mile away. Many of these are a case where people were 10, 15 feet, sometimes closer away from these creatures. They had very, very detailed looks at them. And over the years, I mean, going back even to the 70s, we had incidents where there was more than one creature seen together. And in so many of those cases, my teams would get out to these locations within minutes, hours after they occurred, and there would be trails of footprints. So, and in many cases, we make casting of these tracks. But also, my whole theory on Bigfoot and my idea about Bigfoot has changed somewhat dramatically, and I wasn't expecting this, believe me, 
because I started this in 1959 when I was a kid. And I was 16 years old when the Kecksburg UFO incident happened. So I began to document that information I was breaking on the news, and I began to go out into the field to investigate cases firsthand at that time. So I've been out in the field since 1965. It's uh, just very interesting, you know, all the people you talk to. I've interviewed thousands of witnesses now. I've seen a lot of evidence, but... What I knew about Bigfoot back in those days was that if this was something real, these creatures were real, they appeared to be some type of unknown primate, some type of unknown zoological specimen. And I interviewed people back in those days. We had a little area, small area, uh, down around West Newton and what they call Lober, where they had a lot of creek areas, a lot of woods. And back in the, back in the 60s, they had what they called the Lober Monster, with seven, eight foot tall, covered with hair, leaving large footprints down there. And there have been repeated sightings ever since then, even the last few years, by different people. And um, so I always felt that Bigfoot was probably an unknown primate. So then these events of 1973 come around with that major outbreak. And as all these reports were coming in, and, and again, back in those days, you got to remember, no cell phones, no Internet. People generally, in a lot of cases, were calling the police first, and then we were getting the reports from them. Or they investigated, or we investigated, or we both did. And um, some very strange things began to turn up. For example, with the tracks. We'd get out there, and, and I had the anthropologist, by the way, in my group, and we had all kinds of scientists in the group, and we were very skeptical but open-minded. But here's tracks that suddenly stop and vanish when there should have been more tracks. Even in snow, in fresh snow, with no other tracks around, you would have these large footprints with these great strides between them that would suddenly stop and disappear. And that was it. It didn't make any sense. And then we began to see some odd patterns back then. We'd have a UFO sighting in a particular area. Within minutes to hours to days later, we would have a Bigfoot sighting or vice versa. And then, as we've talked about in the past, we had some of those amazing cases of UFOs and Bigfoot seen together at the same time and place. And Chris mentioned the Ohio pile a little bit ago when you're looking at the map along the ridge. And that's where that really amazing UFO Bigfoot incident happened. That was the case that convinced me and my team that there was a lot more to the Bigfoot phenomena maybe than just a flesh and blood explanation, that we may be dealing with something that's much stranger indeed. And um, if you want to get into that, I've worked on multitudes of cryptid cases, even in recent years, which suggests more and more that we're dealing with something that maybe for a lack of a better term is interdimensional. Yeah. Well, I've always, um, you know, we've discussed this uh, actually uh, together prior on one of your prior visits where, you know, I've, my brother had a sighting where there was just, you know, four footprints and, and then there was no tracks at all in, in very pristine ground for leaving uh, trace evidence. There was no tracks coming to the road and no tracks leaving the road. So Either either the thing learned how to fly, or you know, someone said, "Well, maybe maybe it climbed up a tree," and that's also a possibility. But there is something beyond pure just cryptozoological flesh and blood uh, explanations here, I, and I, I, I'm more than happy to to dive into that that whole uh, realm with you. Okay, guys, I'm going to stop it here, and then we'll dive next segment. Also, Chris, we have a few questions you might want to go to. From question right. back. We have Stan and Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast.
GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. You've seen crazy diets to lose weight. At GCN Team, our healthy body weight loss system simply neutrifies the body, bringing down cravings. It has been proven that nutritional deficiencies drive appetite for carbs, sugars, and fats. Lose weight the easy way. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Fighting cravings is a fool's game. Give the body what it needs to be satisfied. Again, 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So Chris issued a bit of a statement there, and Stan was going to comment before we ran out of time and had to start a new segment. But a little bit later, we have a few questions from our listeners from the Question Bank and the Paracast forums we'll get to. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about some some more head-scratching cases that would indicate we're dealing with something either that's fl- flesh and blood and has some wild talents or is something that possibly is uh, multidimensional, for lack of a better term. Yeah, well, a couple cases just come to the top of my head. You had uh, mentioned Ohio Pile. Well, that was the case that really convinced me and my team that we were dealing with something much more unusual. I remember a date. Uh, I remember that very well. February 6, 1974. Deep in the mountains up there in Ohio Pile, near Ohio Pile. The listeners on your show will remember this time period because, one, we had a big national trucker strike and there was gas rationing going on around the country. But there was also a lot of violence on the roads. So back in Pennsylvania, the state police and the National Guard were patrolling together. And both of them responded to this incident deep in the mountains of, of February 74. I wasn't able to get gas in my town of Greensburg, so I had to wait till the next morning till I could get up to the scene. It was a very intriguing case, and I remember this woman who lived up in the mountains all her life. She knew animals very well. She was a very good shot with her shotgun, 
everything was normal until this one particular evening when she was sitting there watching TV, and she hears this commotion on her little front porch of her cabin home. She had some um, empty pop cans out there, and someone was knocking the pop cans around. A few weeks before, she had a pack of wild dogs coming through. So she figured, ah, oh, I bet those dogs are back. So she thought, you know what, I'll grab my shotgun. I'll just fire over her head and scare those dogs away. So she loads one chamber of her shotgun. She makes her way over to the wall, turns on the switch for the outside light on her porch. And she proceeds to go to the front porch, opens up the door, and she walks out. No dogs. And there standing in front of her, a few feet away, is this huge, hairy, Bigfoot-type creature with its arms straight up over its head. The many, many times I interviewed her, she never called it a Bigfoot. She said it looked like a great big hairy ape. So what does she do? She aims her shotgun at it, and she fires right into it. And she said there's this bright flash of light, like the flash on a camera, and the creature physically vanishes right in front of her. A hundred feet away, her in-laws lived. They heard the gunshot, and they called her on the phone and asked, like, what are you shooting at? And she tries to tell them. Her son-in-law, he grabs his pistol, and he starts making his way up that dark road up towards the cabin, and he sees a figure running down the road, but he says that he got closer. He was surrounded by four or five hairy people with eyes like coals of fire. He started shooting at him randomly, ran into the cabin, and it was about that point when they were looking out, out the window, and they see this large object with different colored lights on it, like a big Christmas ornament hovering over the woods at the same time. And that's when they called the state police. By the time the state police and those guardsmen found their way up to the mountain up at home, whatever was going on, well, it wasn't really back to normal because I talked to the primary state police investigator and he said, I don't know what happened up there, but if something was really weird. That he based on the animal reactions. Now, I told you I've never personally seen a UFO Bigfoot myself, which is true. But I have been out on the scene within minutes after some of these Bigfoot encounters. So this has been noticed in various type of livestock and horses and cattle and cats. And uh, different people have told me about seeing this uh, different times. But it's been very apparent in dogs that even the most vicious dogs, when they're close to these creatures, they just are like completely paralyzed. They won't bark. They don't move. They cower. They hide. People told me they, they've watched them inside of their pens and their eyes will move around, but they won't make a sound. Uh, that's something that's been very, very common. And people told me that sometimes two or three days later it took before the animals would get back to eating properly. Another thing that was interesting about that case, here's one of the many little tidbits I uncovered about the Bigfoot. You don't hear about a lot, but I've had numerous cases over the years where people were encountering Bigfoot and other phenomena on their properties, and they would talk about hearing this strange metallic sound, like tearing metal, something hitting metal. And here she's talking about um, the, the metal, the, the cans of pop that were knocked around on her property at the time that attracted her to go out to see the creature. But that was the case among others, and that wasn't the only case I have like this, which suggested that we're dealing with something more than this flesh and blood nature. Chris, you want to move to a couple of questions? We have some really good questions uh, from Eric the Red, who's been a forum poster uh, since uh, January uh, 2013. And he doesn't come come out very often, Stan, but um, you know our, our better guests, like yourself, uh, tends to bring out the better questions. He's got a whole uh, slew of them here. He's wondering if you think it's likely that Bigfoot exists, uh, which obviously you do. 
And being that's the case, aside from the evidential problem that precludes many people from accepting its existence, do you think that there's a psychological barrier to accepting it? Perhaps the idea of another bipedal, highly intelligent, and roughly human-like creature somehow upsets our human identity. Uh, why do you think people have such a problem accepting the possibility of Bigfoot? Well, I'll tell you what. It's not just the people who have never seen one that have a problem dealing with it's also the people that once they see it, yes, for many people, it's, it's very emotional for them. Uh, psychologically, some people claim, you know, that's affected. I mean, I know witnesses from years ago that have these encounters, and they still can't deal with the fact they know they saw it. They can't believe they encountered something that's not supposed to exist. That's the whole problem with the phenomena. You know, I, I've interviewed hundreds of people who have seen these things now. The high percentage of people are those who, again, would never believe that these things could exist until they had their own personal encounter, especially hunters. I've interviewed many hunters who have spent years and years out in the woods. I remember one guy years ago, he was uh, hunting in an area, and he noticed that day, from what I recall, that he, he hunted in this area all the time and generally was fluent with wildlife. He goes out, he's walking around for hours. There's no birds, there's no rabbits, there's no wildlife sound. It was just like everything was gone very common in areas where Bigfoot has been around for a short time. And he said he began to have the feeling something had been following him. And it's getting about dusk, he starts returning to his vehicle, and he happens to turn around, and he looks and up on the hill. is this huge, hairy, eight-foot-tall, hairy-covered creature standing there staring at him. And he said, my God, that thing could easily just turn my vehicle over. But he went out of there... And uh, he said he went home, and he sat back in his chair. He had an old house. It was with high ceilings, and he said, my God, that thing was as tall as my ceiling. And he said he never would go back out in the woods again after that. He spent year after year in the woods. Wow. And, you know, you brought up, Gene, you brought up uh, a few minutes ago, you talked about, could these things fly? Well, I'm not so sure they can fly, but that's something that some witnesses have brought up. And I remember that detail from one outstanding Bigfoot case. And this was a fellow, I, I rarely use names because most people don't want their names used. This gentleman in particular gave me permission to use his name after his incident because actually after he saw it and he became a little more adjusted to what happened, he actually went on some radio and TV shows with me back in 73 to tell the people that, it is real. I didn't believe it. I saw it myself. It's out. Something's out there. But anyhow, this fellow's name was Chester. This happened outside of Latrobe, Pennsylvania, not far from the ridge, in a little town named Whitney, Pennsylvania. I believe it was Labor Day morning, 1973. The night before, he and his wife and neighbors were sitting on their patio outside, and they were reading the local paper that was covering some of the Bigfoot stories in the area. And they were just howling and laughing and making fun of this thing. And he, and he's laughing out loud, come on, Bigfoot, come on, Bigfoot, I want to see you. Well, lo and behold, about, I believe it was about 4 o'clock in the morning, every, he's asleep, his wife's asleep, and he hears this big bang against her mobile home. And he gets up to look in the dark, he left the lights out. He thought somebody was breaking into his garage behind his mobile home because he had a nice antique car there. And he looks out the window and standing right on the opposite side of the window. So within a foot or two away from him, but its back is looking away from him, is this eight to nine foot tall hairy creature with long arms, holding the arms in front of its body, looking away from him towards the house next door. Let's continue he, with uh, this story. Oh, I'll tell you, don't go to sleep after this. You're going to get up real fast. 
Stan Gordon, Gene Steinberg, Chris O'Brien. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Neighbors, we've made such a deal with HelloFresh, and it means that everyone listening to this show can receive $30 off your first week of deliveries when you go to HelloFresh.com and use the offer code PARACAST30. You know, with HelloFresh, you can choose the delivery day that works best for you. They've got a wide variety of chef-curated recipes that change weekly. And can you imagine me cooking... Japanese panko chicken. It makes me feel like I'm a chef. It means also that you could actually get your meal cooked in 30 minutes. For busy people, this is perfect. The simple recipes include step-by-step instructions so even I can figure it out. Go to HelloFresh.com. Use the offer code PARACAST30 to get $30 off your first week of deliveries. HelloFresh.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Hawaii was a wake-up call. Don't be caught without a disaster shelter. Atlas makes an all-disaster shelter that will protect your family from fallout, tornadoes, and hurricanes for only $99.99. That also includes the NBC air filtration system, solid steel construction with an airtight bulletproof door. That's right, for $99.99 and up, call 1-855-4-BUNKER or go to IWantThatShelter.com. Atlas Survival Shelters, the world leader in fallout shelters. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Ben Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. 
fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA Pack Technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. The Stuff of Nightmares. Would you like to confront one of those creatures, Stan Gordon? But it's never happened to you. It's not happened to me. And I kind of feel better that it hasn't. Well, you just don't know what you're missing out on, dude. Well, some things I don't mind missing. <laughs> Would you like me to finish that uh, that episode? It was an interesting one. Yes, uh, indeed. I'm, please. We're, we're waiting with bated breath. <laughs> okay, Take the so bait he, out of my breath so we can go on. <laughs> so he was looking out the window, sees this thing. He, in the, he lays the lights out. He goes over and awakens his wife. He said, that thing they call Bigfoot, it's out on our patio. So she goes to the window and looks and, oh, my God, oh, my God. Well, this poor fellow was, uh, he was a retired coal miner at emphysema. And between hardly being able to breathe and so scared, he makes his way over to the phone, bumps the wall, which may have scared it away at that point, dials O for the operator and tells the operator he needs to talk to the state police. And he calls the state police and tells them what happened. I heard the radio call go out. They had six troopers there in three cars, and the trooper called me from the scene to come out there that morning. And um, when the troopers got there, they uh, found that he had cut, the Chester had cut the grass the night before, and there was a whole series of tracks going across the freshly cut grass across his patio steps and went down over the hill across the road. Some of the troopers followed the tracks for a distance. But at one point, the track suddenly stopped and disappeared up in his yard, and Chester said to me, I don't understand how this thing could just, these tracks could just suddenly stop. He said, do these things fly? So that's what brought back that story. Right. And I can tell you, Chester and his wife afterwards were so upset, they packed their clothes up for a short time and left her home. That wasn't <laughs> the only family that did that. That was the kind of impact it had on the witnesses. When he came back, he decided that he was wanting to share his story, so he did some uh, media events with me. But that was one of those cases of somebody that would never believe these things are real Ted at their own encounter. Yeah, and, and you, you brought up a very interesting point before, that uh, you talk to people years later, and I think um, some investigators in our shoes um, have gotten used to it. It's not a surprise anymore that people have really been changed by these experiences, and they had a profound impact on their, their reality view, their ways of looking at their surroundings, you know, impact their behavior, not wanting to go out in the woods again, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, when people say that, oh, these are just people with overly fertile imaginations or, you know, hoaxers, people that were looking for attention, you know, I beg to differ. Sure, there's probably a few of those types out there, but I think, I think the majority of at least cases that I've investigated and the vast majority of witnesses that I've, I've encountered and, and, and talked to, they all seem legitimately impacted by their experience and it just makes i think most people more curious really it makes them really want to get answers and basically what i'm hearing from you stan is 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 pretty much the same thing that 
that these are life-changing and life-altering experiences, and they really do impact people. Yeah, no, I just talked to, I was at an event speaking over the weekend, and a fellow approached me, and I, I did a long interview with him then, and I got to meet his parents, actually, and this fellow has been hunting all his life, has been camping out all his life. <laughs> he pretty much knows what's going on out there. And whatever happened to him just several months ago in an area where I've had a history of Bigfoot encounters, it, it has scared him so bad. He's told me, he said, I was never so frightened in my life. And he said, I love the woods. I love the forest. He said, I'll never go back to that area again. He said, there was something out there. And he said, just the vocalization, the depth of the sound, the screams this thing was making was ungodly. It was unbelievable. And that's something I hear commonly over the years from people. Just last year, up along the Chestnut Ridge in January, as I have for many years, people were calling me, telling me here about these these long, very long siren-like screams that they were hearing. You know, a lot of these people lived in the mountains and in the, the woods, and they know the wildlife out there. They lived there all their their life, and they know the sounds that deer make and the birds make and uh, coyotes do. And these were completely different sounds. And interestingly. I think it was two days later after I got to report up on the ridge from the other side of the state down in, in um, Schuylkill County, down, down, down towards Philadelphia, a, a wildlife biologist contacted me. He was very, very skeptical of Bigfoot. But this guy has done work in the wildlife field for years and years. His job is to be able to identify animal sounds. That's what he does for his living. And he was out in the woods in the particular area, I believe he told me he heard it three times in two days. He wasn't prepared to hear anything. He tried to record these sounds, but his equipment wasn't good enough. But he described this very long, very vocalized, very loud siren-like screams that he could not identify. Very similar reports I had up in this part of the state two days before. He was perplexed by it, and he said, I've always been skeptical of Bigfoot, but he said, I don't know what kind of animal can make it sound like that. Once again... Credible people are seeing these things, just like with UFOs. With Bigfoot, I've interviewed people from all walks of life, from children, uh, men, women, police officers, and, and hunters, and doctors, and executives, and school teachers, and all kind of credible people who have seen these things. And they have no reason to make up the story because 99.9 of them have never gone public with their accounts. They have nothing to gain by it, but many of them are just very, very shook up over the event and just want some answers. And unfortunately, you know, we don't have, a, we got theories. We just don't have a lot of answers. Chris, you have some more questions from our audience. We're kind of running out of time here, though. Let's go through as many as you can. Chris? Well, along those same lines, uh, Eric the Red, uh, Stan, has another question about about the, the the whole acceptance of this particular phenomenal mystery. Um, as as people have been pointing out the last couple, three weeks, uh, there seems to be more of, all of a sudden, more acceptance of UFOs because of this uh, recent uh, Pentagon, uh, I guess, uh, revelation or revelation about Pentagon interests, uh, which I'm sure you and, and the vast majority of our listeners know what I'm talking about. And here's another question that, that deals with that realm, but it, with Bigfoot, and that is, there are an unprecedented number of recorded firsthand encounters with Bigfoot, and every week a variety of Bigfoot-related podcasts feature firsthand testimony from alleged eyewitnesses. 
the social penalty for reporting these experiences is probably diminishing over time. Do you have any sense, Stan, of the timeline we might be in for for general you know public acceptance of the existence of these creatures? How close are we to uh, to getting some sort of consensus? You know, something short, obviously, of a of a, of a bona fide remains or absolutely slam dunk physical scientific evidence at the rate we're going now how long would you see before general acceptance of these creatures it may be one of those things just like with ufos you know yes when that report came out uh, i believe in december and there was a lot of publicity about it i mean that may have helped to encourage some people to talk but with the ufo phenomena you know having started my research back in 1959 and talked to thousands of the ufo witnesses i mean periodically over the years and in and in more and more recent years, with all the TV shows about it, with all the Internet information about it, people are more and more uh, willing to discuss the UFO phenomena. As the many lectures I give in places I speak about it, I, I see a huge public interest in all these reports, but UFOs and Bigfoot. And people are more and more willing to talk about the UFO stuff. Okay, Those I got to break it here. I have to break it. With Gene, Chris, and Stan, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hawaii was a wake-up call. Don't be caught without a disaster shelter. Atlas makes an all-disaster shelter that will protect your family from fallout, tornadoes, and hurricanes for only $99.99. That also includes the NBC air filtration system, solid steel construction with an airtight bulletproof door. That's right. For $99.99 and up, call 1-855-4-BUNKER or go to IWantThatShelter.com. Atlas Survival Shelters, the world leader in fallout shelters. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. 
If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. 800-667-9035. That's 800-667-9035. Warning. If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. This is Robert Hastings author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So a little bit later, we'll get into more of the public attitude, and I want to ask you more about that, particularly with regard to UFOs. You want to hit a question or two more, Chris? Here's one. Um, I don't see very many of these reports coming from your neck of the woods, although there are some. So what do you think of dogmen and, and this whole resurgence of interest in uh, lycanthropy, uh, wolfmen, dogmen types? And how do we assess the weight of personal testimony of dogmen in light of theoretical objections like absence of archaeological evidence or presumed insufficient ecological support for such large and hypercarnivorous predators? So many alleged sightings of dogmen are in daylight or at close to medium ranges. Is, is it possible that all such, such reports are misidentifications or hoaxes? Is there something real behind these? What, what we want to discuss here is a, very, is a very deep, very long, very unusual, what I've been coming up with over the years. I've, I've heard of the dogmen reports for many years. There have been quite a number of sightings, apparently in Pennsylvania. I know of other researchers are investigating Numerous alleged dogman sightings over the last few years, even this year, I understand. I know the last several months they've had reports coming in. Yeah, the dogman reports, there's similarities with some of the Bigfoot reports, and it may be that it's not something really new. Yeah, a lot of the Bigfoot reports that I've had, these, again, were not in the distance, but some of these were at extremely close range, even in daylight, very detailed reports. And, you know, when I went, go back to 1973 with this major Bigfoot outbreak and my teams investigated, a lot of the Bigfoot reports, and this is what I wrote about my solid invasion book, where I go into great detail about it. I think you've read the book. And there were a lot of your so-called typical 
six to nine foot tall, hairy, man-like creature with long arms being reported. But there were some variations as well. Some of those reports would be very much like the dogman reports today. Because some of those cases involved creatures that were seen that the faces were, while covered with hair, some witnesses said that the face was more wolf-like, and they had fang, very apparent fang-like teeth. Some of those reports, he had the, the luminous glowing eyes, which he still do in with many of the Bigfoot reports, where the, he had the soft luminous glowing eyes where there's no reflective light, there's no artificial lighting in the area, there's no full moon. These are conditions where there shouldn't have been any type of illumination produced from the eyes of the creature, not like nightshine you see on deer, for example. And many hunters have told me about seeing this, and this was completely unnatural, the luminosity that they saw from the eyes of these creatures. But the dogman phenomena is just another one of these entity reports. And in a few minutes, I'll tell you about this very strange entity that a police officer encountered on patrol just several months ago here in western Pennsylvania. I deal with all kinds of strange creatures. I'm dealing with creature reports and things that people probably never even heard about, that I've never even heard about in the last few years. We have the flying humanoid sightings, or winged humanoid sightings. We have uh, dragon reports. And these are coming from people, again, who are reluctant to tell you about it, or gaining nothing about it. In some cases, there's more than one witness reporting the same thing in the same area. With Bigfoot, and again, it's so complex. We could talk for hours and hours about this. I have a whole new lecture I do just on this phenomenon called Strange Aspects of the Elusive Bigfoot, of all the weird, weird things yeah. that I've come covered with Bigfoot, which makes you scratch your head because it just suggests that we're dealing with something that may be other than flesh and blood, which is why there's no bodies. And right. one thing I, that I discovered a long time ago with the footprints. You've got your typical five-toed footprints that we've seen all over the country. Chris, you've had them out in your area, of course. They see them all over the country in many parts of the world. And then you get the three-toed tracks, who were very common in the 70s. They continue to be reported on and off in Pennsylvania and other states and other parts of the world. You've got four-toed tracks. And then there's a whole menagerie of other footprints that I've made cast out. I've seen pictures of there were no indications of hoaxes. And sure, we've had hoax cases. And there's ways to tell the difference. Again, I had groups of scientists and engineers working with me for years. And again, these were fresh tracks. We were on the scene sometimes within minutes and hours. So we were documenting all these things as they were occurring. The whole thing is this. You've got reputable people. You've got similar evidence of a widespread area. You've got patterns to the phenomena, but it doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's strange enough to consider that you have one unknown type of species with a Bigfoot running around for years and years. How can we have multiple species of these things running around? And then you look into you know, the Dogman reports, the, the Thunderbird reports. I'm getting these giant bird sightings for years and years. The Black Panther reports, which are out-of-place animals, have been seen in Pennsylvania for years and other parts of the country and around the world. Same thing. They quite often show up in areas where there's other phenomena going on, Bigfoot activity going on. The strange thing is, over the years around the country, there have been incidents where more than one cryptid has been seen together at the same time and place, which a lot of people don't know about or don't want to talk about. The phenomena, I said years ago, is so strange that, that who can believe it? Whoever believe it? Well, so what do you there's think is going so on, Stan? I mean, are, are we dealing with a purely nuts and bolts thing, or is there some sort of 
co-creative process, as Greg Bishop would say? Is, are we somehow helping manifest the, the, the quality of these, uh, of these apparitions or these appearances? I don't, I'm not so sure anybody has the answers. I'm not so sure the government has all the answers. I think if they're interested, from what, I, what I've seen in some cases I've been involved in, what I've heard from others, that I think the government has an interest both in the Bigfoot and the UFO phenomena. And I, long ago, I began to notice that, one, many very low-level, close-range UFO encounters and many encounters with cryptids, Bigfoot and other strange creatures, commonly occur in the vicinity of high-energy sources. They occur around power plants, high-tension power lines, gas wells, uh, radio towers, reservoirs, railroad tracks. This is a very common thing. I have no doubt there's an energy connection to this phenomena. It seems as though we're dealing with a phenomena that has a physical and a non-physical component to it. That under certain conditions, which we don't know exactly what they are, they seem to come into our physical reality, they can look physically solid. Sometimes they don't, however, and they can leave evidence and they're gone. They come and they go, which is yeah. why there's no bodies. And I, I, I'm not the only researcher who's been flying some of this over the years. I know many other people, uh, Nick Redford and Linda Moulton Howe and, and others have had cases like this. There are many other ones who have, who have had cases like this as well. And it may be much more common to realize it's such a strange phenomenon, and some of the incidents are so strange that some researchers I know told me years ago they were reluctant to publish it because they didn't want to be laughed at, and others are just rather pretend it doesn't exist. My position as a researcher is I don't have the answers, but this is what is showing up, and it's something that should be looked into much more seriously. Well, that you kind of opened up a whole other um, question here that uh, Eric Red has. And, and people seeing Bigfoot, and he's wondering if any familiarity with Bigfoot enthusiasts reveals the depressing fact that worthless f- photographic evidence is routinely cited as exciting proof of Bigfoot's existence. And he's wondering, do, do Bigfoot look like blob squatches or blurry to each other? <laughs> Paradelia runs rampant. How do you account for this in your research? Why are there no really good quality still photographs of Bigfoot? There are very, very few. I guess we can say the same thing, Chris, about UFOs. And we're going to break in a moment, so I don't want to start with the answer now and have to interrupt you right in the middle about the photographs. We should also cover the fact that we've got the After the Paracast radio show where you never know what's going to happen next. We have fascinating extra segments for an existing episode, special guests. Sometimes guests hang out and talk about more stuff. And if you want to know more about how to... Get yourself a download of that show. Go to plus.theparacast.com. That's plus.theparacast.com. We also give you a version of this show free of network ads and more stuff. Plus.theparacast.com. And if you visit our YouTube channel, the official Paracast channel on YouTube, we have a sample of After the Paracast and the ad-free version of the Paracast, our 10th anniversary shows. More to come with Stan Gordon. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. 
They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. We all have heard about the benefits of fish oils, but what about the presence of heavy metals, PCBs, dioxins, furans, and other contaminants found in fatty tissues of fish? GCNteam.com recognizes this risk and offers IFOS certified tested omega-3 fatty acids. EPA, DHA, insist on IFOS omega-3 fatty acid certification. Get the best at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com.
This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Gene and Chris on the Paracast, and we're talking here with Stan Gordon, longtime UFO paranormal researcher. So Chris asked the question of you with regard to the lack of clear photos of Bigfoot, but I think in large part we could also mention UFOs because there are very, very few clear pictures of UFOs, and unfortunately a large portion of those are not real. What's going on? Well, I agree with you 100%, and it's a very interesting question. And I can tell you, I do receive many photographs and game cam pictures and videos of alleged UFOs and even cryptids on occasion. And you're correct. You know, unfortunately, a lot of people are reputable, but unfortunately, a lot of the pictures basically are not going to prove a thing. There could be something interesting on it, but they don't show enough detail. I mean, I've seen some very interesting game cam pictures where you can see very long hair hanging off a body, but there's not enough detail to be sure what it was. And we do get UFO pictures in. We get some interesting UFO pictures in. There was uh, videos taken uh, of an object last year, which we did a lot of analysis on, and we don't know what it is, but it's just not enough detail to be certain of it. But a couple things. One. The reason, my feeling is the reason there's a lack of really good pictures is, one, a lot of this is a short-lived phenomena. Uh, with UFOs, it might be a matter of seconds, even with cryptids. With Bigfoot, they run out calmly in front of people's cars. Well, it was a matter of seconds that people are so shocked when they see it. With And, and with UFOs, the same thing. One of these low-level sightings, they're so shocked by what they're seeing, they're sitting there studying it. Look at these things aren't supposed to exist. And people tell me all the time, I wasn't even thinking about grabbing my camera. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And then, oh, okay. Anyhow, uh, as, I, as I brought up earlier, uh, some people have attempted to take pictures with their cell phones and digital cameras. And interestingly, the camera at that, ta- at that time malfunctioned. I talked to you about the one where the woman had the object covering over uh, Route 30. She tried to take a picture with an iPhone. It worked perfectly well before and after. It would not let her go into the photo mode. Um, I think it was two years ago. This is up uh, in the mountains up towards Donegal. Early morning, 10 o'clock in the morning, a beautiful morning. This fellow is sitting there by his window drinking a cup of coffee. His dog's lying there, and all of a sudden it got completely dark. And he thought, well, that's strange. It's like there's no rain. Like, what's causing everything to get dark? So he immediately got up, grabbed his fully charged camera, walked out the door. His dog, which always follows him, refused to go outside. The guy walked outside in his yard, and 500 feet above him is this huge, solid, black, triangular object that's hovering there, making no sound. He immediately grabs his camera, his phone, to grab a picture. It immediately discharged and lost all its power. That is something I hear about more and more in recent years. There have been, and I know it's not just in Pennsylvania. And this is a phenomenon that those in the paranormal field commonly um, talk about power loss with their cameras uh, as well. But um, so there is a number of different reasons why that people aren't able to come up with pictures. The phenomenon is short-lived in some cases. In other cases, people are so amazing what they're seeing they're studying phenomena not thinking about taking a picture 
And in some cases, um, people have attempted to take pictures and their equipment malfunctioned. But on occasion, we have gotten some pretty good photographs in, but it's not enough to say what well, these things are. Who knows? Extraterrestrial, interdimensional, time travelers, many, many theories out there. But I'm not so sure that any of us know for sure. And I said years ago, there's more than one origin for the unknown category of UFOs. Yeah, and the point to mention here, too, is in the early days of the UFO field, we had lots of stories about so-called electromagnetic effects, where a UFO or UFO flies overhead and the car stops. So this is not unusual. It's an ongoing thing. And also the problem is here, in addition to being nervous, if you see something strange, and we all have these great cameras now on our pockets or purses. We have iPhones. We have Samsung, which makes very good cameras. And we have all this. But then most people who are listening, even with all those great cameras, we have another problem. When people are, say, walking on the street and they are busy looking down at their smartphones. They're not looking straight ahead, or we hope they are if they're crossing the street. They're certainly not looking up to see what would be going on up there. So that's unfortunate, but it also means a lot of opportunities might be lost. Yeah, and uh, I had an incident last year, and I believe it's still on my website. If you scroll back through old cases, uh, you know, I remember many years ago, people used to say to me about UFO sightings, well, how come people only see these things over rural areas? Well, they don't. There are multitudes of sightings over populated areas here in Pennsylvania, the big cities, Harrisburg, Philadelphia, on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, Pittsburgh. I believe it was November of last year, a businessman was coming out of his office at downtown Pittsburgh. He was near the Mon River. He happened to look up, and just for a few seconds, he sees this object falling straight down from the sky, and uh, it looks like it actually went into the Mon River, and he captured a few seconds of video and got some pretty good pictures of whatever this thing was. What about in terms of UFOs? What do you think are the best UFO photos you've seen? Oh, my gosh. You know, I, over the years, you know, I, I've seen all the classic uh, photographs that have been taken. Um, there are some that have been taken locally here that I looked at and we investigated firsthand which I consider them to be good ones. They're, they're not pictures that are, that are widely known, but cases we investigate over the years. And uh, some of those I consider to be very, very good. Are they proof that they're extraterrestrial? Definitely not, or interdimensional, or whatever they might be. But they're indication there's something we, we were not able to identify easily. And, uh, and I know there's, there's a lot of good pictures out there, but you're correct. A lot of the pictures we see... And I've got some in even very recently. Um, There's just nothing that's going to be able to identify for sure or give us any really good indicator of what we're dealing with. And the digital cameras today, you know, because of electronic circuitry in them, they're not designed really to take photographs at night and try to focus on an image. And because of electronic circuitry in them, they can produce all kinds of false images. And some of the false images look very, very strange indeed, and they're completely different what people actually saw. So you've got to really look at these, these reports, and you've got to have a good analyst that really has the knowledge how to really figure out what exactly we're seeing in the pictures. Do you find much cases of fakery? Believe it or not, as I mentioned, you know, my hotline's been open since 1969. I've dealt with thousands of people. 
and it's very, very rare that we have a, a really overt hoax case. And, and when those generally happened, for example, back in the 73 with that UFO Bigfoot wave, and there was a lot of news coverage after the story began to come out. We had been having reports for weeks before there was any publicity on it. But when that came out, yeah, some of the local kids were cutting their, their, wooden, uh, their wooden footprints out and making tracks. Very, very easy to tell the difference between a fabricated track and, and something that's legitimate. And then, again, we would be on a, other investigations, and people were calling in and seeing strange footprints. And some of them were huge and very odd-looking, but we were able to determine that what they were, it was due to the change in the weather conditions, uh, the temperature conditions. Uh, for example, we found some. We found that a bear in the area, the the back foot would move, move up with the right foot. Uh, it would freeze and fuse together, then it would melt and expand and look like huge, giant footprints. So there's a lot of things that if you're out there really doing investigation, a lot of things look very strange, but sometimes there are explanations for them. We actually receive very few hoaxes. Uh, most of them are very, very easily determined very quickly, so we don't have to spend a lot of time on them. Well, I hope we'll start finding more things out there to get us to an end game. Let me ask you a question that's a little outside of where we've been going, which is mostly case history, sightings here, sightings there, and something that will extend to our next segment. And that's about the witnesses themselves. Have you guys had the chance at all to profile the people who tend to see these things, whether any particular ethnic category, age category, or anything else might be more prevalent in terms of paranormal events. Very interesting thing. Later this month, we'll be completing 12 consecutive years of the Paracast. We'll continue with the greatest guests ever. Jerome Clark will be returning soon with a discussion about his new article for 40 in Times about the 1897 airship mystery. Nick Redfern has another book out. We'll be talking to him. A lot more coming. Stan Gordon, Gene Steinberg, Chris O'Brien, you're in the Paragast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. 
It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. One out of four people listening to my voice right now could die from heart disease. This could be your last year, and you don't even know it because you don't know the early warning signs. If you think you're safe because your cholesterol levels are normal, think again, because studies show that 75% of heart attack patients also had normal cholesterol levels. Let me introduce you to Strauss Heart Drops, a world-famous heart and brain formula made in Canada. It's time-tested and will give you clinical results in 90 days or your money back. Learn more at signsofheartdisease.com. They are shipping free this month. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Stan Gordon is with us, and I kind of wanted to focus on the personal aspects of these cases, whether the profile of the witness gives us any clues as to who might be more susceptible to seeing something. No, actually, uh, just thinking back and the multitudes of witnesses I've talked to, and again, they range from young children, you know, parents, uh, mothers, fathers, males, females of all different backgrounds. Uh, Many uh, people I interviewed were what I would uh, consider professionals, police officers, municipal police, state police. I've interviewed commercial pilots, corporate pilots, private pilots who have encountered UFOs. I've talked to uh, farmers and lawyers and doctors and nurses and CEOs and and people uh, involved in our um, uh, and lawyers and people from all walks of life who have seen these things. And once again, the, the main thing that stands out is none of these people really want anybody to know that they saw these things. And it's just like... Uh, you know, recently I dealt with a police officer and had a very bizarre encounter with a very bizarre creature, and he contacted me soon after he got off of patrol, but he didn't want to make a report on it, and I've been very careful not to identify, you know, where it happened and who he was because he doesn't want to be identified. He has nothing to gain by this. Why would you make up such a story? And this is what I find year after year from so many different people who have who have called me from all types of backgrounds and all kinds of experiences. Well, certainly it's something we have to continue to look at in terms of all these mysteries, what we can learn. Now, I wanted to get into something else here, which we mentioned earlier about people tending to take things more seriously. Now that the media might be taking things more seriously, what do we see going on in terms of that? Is there some kind of disclosure that might be happening? Well, you know, I I would love to see it happen, uh, and I and I hope maybe someday in my lifetime it will. But uh, personally, from what and all the events that I've dealt with over the years, you know, I, I've heard about the disclosure. I've heard over many many years that different things were going to happen different times. If my memory serves me right, I think it was around 1975. I was I was in close friend with Leonard Stringfield. I'm sure you know the name. He was basically the father of UFO crash retrievals. 
And Len had a lot of very good contacts, uh, apparently, within uh, military sources. And uh, there was was pretty good information beginning to surface that there was about to be some major effort to begin to condition the public to the fact that UFOs were real. And from from what I remember, they are talking about there would be some books come out, there would be some movies coming out that would have this as a subject. Um, there would be other things that were going to be done. And it was even publicized at the time, and nothing major happened. But I believe at that time period is when we began to see some interesting uh, books being published. Um, there were some movies that came out that had the ET theme to them. So maybe subtly the public was begin to be began to be conditioned to this possibility. Um, again, I hope I hope the day will come, but personally, unless there's some type of major, major, huge UFO incident that is viewed by many people and the media gets there very quickly to confirm it, uh, you know, that may be the way it's going to happen. Other than that, it might be, I think it's going to be quite a while till we really see any definitive proof as to what we're dealing with. And personally, my feeling is um, that the government has always been involved in UFO investigations. We know, of course, they started back going back to 1947. But it was a Project Sign and Project Grudge and Project Blue Book. And Blue Book continued uh, when it officially closed down in January of 1970. And we are told at that time that uh, that was the end to our public UFO investigations. And... Um, but over the years, there was strong indication that there were other projects that were ongoing. I believe they've always been ongoing. We, we learned about Project Moondust and Operation Blue Fly. And um, I believe the government is very, very interested in these reports. It, it, but it's a worldwide phenomena. Personally, I think that uh, they know there's something out there. They do not have all the answers themselves, and they're trying to figure it out, and they're not in control, whatever it is. And I've seen indication over the years that also that the government has an interest in the Bigfoot phenomenon as well. And, you know, once again, what I've been learning over the years, as we talk a little bit about some of these different um, phenomena today, it's much deeper than anybody realizes. It's much more unusual. And uh, I, I think the government's trying to figure out themselves of what it is that we're dealing with. So after 70 years, they haven't a clue. Oh, I think they know a lot more than they're telling us. But again, I can only surmise. I just think that they're finding, like I'm finding, that this phenomena is much more unusual, much more involved, and much deeper than any of us realize and understand at this point. This may be so far beyond our present scientific understanding. We can only theorize about it. We're seeing clues, but I'm not so sure anybody really has the answers themselves. I, I am more and more convinced that a lot of this phenomena has a physical and a non-physical component to it, that there's an energy connection to it, and that these things, uh, you know, can uh, maybe take... It's hard, hard as it is for me to say this, but we may be doing a phenomena that has a capability of changing in various forms. Uh, Nick Redford just came out with a book about this uh, several months ago. Others have been talking about it for years, and uh, it, it's very, very strange but when you talk to so many people who tell about their first-hand encounters, 
and I've heard about these from all over the country and around the world for years and years, but they were so strange that I know many of the many investigators wouldn't even publish it because they don't want to be laughed at. But others are aware of it, and I've noticed in more recent years um, that more and more people in the Bigfoot field are beginning to question what they know about it. They're beginning to realize that there may be more to this than meets the eye, that it may be much stranger. And I hear from a lot of people in the Bigfoot field who are looking into this. And I, I was one of the speakers at the first uh, CryptidCon uh, conference in Kentucky last year. And from what I understand, I think almost every Bigfoot speaker, investigator, that talk about Bigfoot was talking about some possibility of some of these being interdimensional. So it's something now that is beginning to catch the attention of many people from around the country. Well, I sure hope so. But do you think there's ever going to be something called UFO disclosure? Or is it something that's going to happen independently? Time will tell. <laughs> I, I've heard this so many times over the years, and, and I know there's a lot of great efforts to get the information out, and I hope someday it does. But I think it's going to take a, a huge, major national event uh, that is covered strongly by the media to confirm it very quickly. Or, you know, as we hear rumors that there's physical evidence out there, there's physical uh, residues that are out there that are beyond our, our scientific understanding at this point. You know, if, if that really exists and, and it comes out publicly and we can see the scientific data and we can find that kind of proof and that evidence, then that might be something that will reveal all of this as well. I mean, I've talked to many, many people, investigators and other people over the years, you know, who seem to have knowledge of the fact that our government did recover uh, UFO materials and allegedly some bodies going back to the 40s and 50s and 60s. And some of these appear to be pretty credible people to talk to Len and myself and others over the years. And, uh, again, I, I believe that there may be more than one origin to the unknown category of UFOs. We may be dealing with more than one phenomena here. Well, what do you think of things like, well, perhaps collective unconscious as a possible cause of some things, which just means we kind of help create the effect? We'll have Stan's response to that in just a moment. In the meantime... In the meantime, I'd like to remind you about the Paracast Plus. The Paracast Plus offers a version of this show free of the network ads. We give you better quality audio. And what's more, we give you a second radio show called After the Paracast, where you frankly never know what's going to happen next. And quite often, we don't either. To learn more, go to plus.com. TheParacast.com. For more information, plus.theparacast.com. With Gene, Chris, and Stan, you're in The Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. 
Attack of the Rockoids, and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hello, my name is Marjorie Wildcraft. I'm the founder of The Grow Network, which is an online community of people who produce their own food and medicine. We are really into backyard self-reliance. If you want this lifestyle, I suggest your first step be to learn some basic home medicine. Just the other day, my 18-year-old son came to me and said, Mama, I got a sore throat. Can you fix me up? And I said, Sure, Ryan. And in about 24 hours, he was better. The best home medicine for you to start out with is garlic. It's an amazing natural antibiotic, and I can show you how to use garlic to handle ear infections, sore throats, colds, and flus. As a way for you to get to know a little bit more about me and the Grow Network, I've written up an easy introduction on how to use garlic. It's at gcnwellness.com. Now, the station manager told me that I needed to say the URL at least twice, even though it feels kind of weird. But if you're interested in backyard self-reliance, you are one of us. Go to www.gcnwellness.com and let's connect up. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Have you heard the warning from the dead doctors don't lie guy? I'm talking about Dr. Joel Wallach. He says if you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol or high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, or other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. That's what he says. He has a free lecture revealing what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in his free lecture called Deadly Recipe. You want it free? Call him toll-free at 855-79-YOUNG. You ready? 855-79-YOUNG. Dr. Joel Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy, says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So things like a collective unconscious or what Greg Bishop talks about as a co-creation effect that we're somehow partly creating the UFO effect. Again, you know, there may be theories and explanations that may explain certain individual cases, but 
what I've looked at is the multitudes of people I've interviewed, the different patterns we've seen over the years, the similarity of details in the reports. And let me tell you about the sighting that happened recently with this police officer. Like, what is it this guy saw? And then there was a follow-up witness who saw something very similar several weeks later who knew nothing about the other report. That person didn't have a computer. And this just happened uh, in late August of last year. This was in Westmoreland County, Pennsylvania, in the southwest uh, part of the state. The officer's on patrol in a wooded area that he frequently patrolled. He knew the area pretty well. As he's riding down the road that evening, he notices what appears to be a ball of very dull white light low to the ground. And he thought, that's pretty unusual because he doesn't remember any artificial lighting out there. So he gets a little closer and stops his vehicle and he's watching. And all of a sudden, he said he got about 150 yards away from the round light and moved a little closer. And he said, suddenly this light suddenly rose up or stood up from the ground. Then he observed something that he couldn't process. He couldn't under, understand what he saw. He said it was the weirdest thing he had ever seen. He said the ball of light was actually the head of a very strange being that looked to be about six feet tall or a little taller. He said it was very skeletal thin. He was of the opinion of the creature when he first saw it was lying on its belly on the ground with its head facing toward the road. It then stood up. In that dark location, he saw the dull light from the glowing head illuminating the upper section of the body of the creature. He said as he watched the creature turn to the right, the dull illumination from the head lit up the shoulders. And the creature turned and faced him, then turned to the left and took off at an incredible speed towards the location away from the road. As it moved off, he could see its arms swinging. He indicated it took off at a speed that you could only call abnormal. It was faster than anything he'd ever seen. It was there, and then it was gone. The creature moved on two legs. He assumed it was two legs, but he never could see the lower section of the body in the dark. He also said that while it was standing about six feet tall, the head was about eight to ten inches in diameter and shaped like a ball, but he said the head could possibly have been a little more egg-shaped, and the light emitted seemed to be just a dull white. It illuminated the shoulders, the top of the chest, and a section of the arms. He could not see the hands. The chest looked to be about 18 inches across. The waist appeared to be small, but the arms were abnormally long. The long limbs looked skeletal with no muscle mass. And the color of the body, he said, appeared to be a dull grayish blue. He could not see any facial features. He said he only saw this thing for maybe about 10 seconds. He got a good look at it. As the creature moved off, he pulled his patrol car up to the area, shined his spotlight around, but he saw no evidence on the ground. A few weeks later, I get a report from another witness that lived as a crow flies several miles away. This person had no computer, knew nothing about the other report, had told a friend. The other friend encouraged that person to call me. This is around the third week of September of last year. Was walking out in the country. It was about dusk. It's getting dark when she saw this figure approaching from across the road coming out of the woods. And this person said, this thing was not glowing, but it was similar. She said about five foot eight inches tall. It scared the person very badly. The head was egg-shaped, wider at the top and narrow at the bottom. The color of the creature was odd and gave the impression it was sickly or in poor health. It looked to be kind of a very light cream to ivory color. Couldn't see any facial features. She said the shoulders about 20 inches across, could not see the arms. The legs were straight and thin, seemed to be bent outwards, seemed to be walked very unusually. It began to approach, came within about 35 feet of this person, as I recall. The person became very frightened and ran to the house, and that was it. 
But why would somebody make up a story like this? Why would people make up a story? What are these things and where do they come from? Let me bring something back to you that we talked about two or three years ago on the Paracast, and it's been brought up again in our forums, where someone, and there's an article from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette that illustrates it, claimed to have identified the Kecksburg UFO as a re-entry vehicle from a spy satellite. And the guy who, I guess, took credit for it is a controversial character, John Ventry, former MUFON state director who got drummed out because he posted some stuff on Facebook that was humongously offensive. So what's your take on that? You know, for people who haven't heard. Since the Kecksburg incident happened, December 1965, there have been many, many theories about what this object was. And I keep an open mind until we have definitive proof. Theories are good, but without the evidence, it doesn't prove a thing. And again, whatever this object was, going back to that time, seen by multitudes of people in the sky from Ontario, Canada, over Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, whatever the object was, apparently fell into a wooded ravine in a little village of Kecksburg in Westmoreland County. I interviewed many, many people who saw this thing coming in from the Pittsburgh area, over where I live, over the city of Greensburg, where it moved out roughly to Route 30 eastbound, and it made a turn to the south. And it was seen by people through all those little villages, and it continued out to the mountains of Laurelville, where people said it kind of hesitated. It made a turn, began the track back, made another turn, and dropped down into the woods. The people who saw it go down said it did not come down at a high rate of speed like you had had with a reentry of space debris or a meteor coming in. It crashed through the trees, knocked the trees over, damaged the trees, but the object itself was basically completely intact on the ground because witnesses who saw it go down, some of the locals, they soon went down into the woods. Then later volunteer firemen came in, then the military came in, and they came across this large metallic acorn-shaped object semi-buried in the ground maybe 10 to 12 feet or more in length, about 8 to 10 feet in diameter, kind of an off-gold bronze color shaped like a big metallic acorn. There were no seam marks, no rivets, no weld marks, no wings, no fuselage. On the raised-up part of that, what you would call the acorn, on one witness called a bumper, were these markings that look more like symbols raised up off the surface. Luckily, one of those witnesses, because of his background, the only with a few feet away from it, he said, this was not Cyrillic, it was not Russian or Soviet at the time. He said this was much more unusual. The closest he can recall from memory was it would look similar to ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics. The theories were, the first one we heard was from an Air Force officer. He told them at the time there was a Chimney capsule had been expelled in the area. So over the years, we've heard everything from meteorite to Cosmos 96. Pretty much that's been ruled out now. Another person told me he was certain it was a Soviet ICBM that went out of control. Another fellow told me he was aware of a project where a projectile was fired from a giant gun from a railroad car in Canada. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And then in more recent years, of course, a lot of people were the theory that it was the Nazi bell. Even though I've never seen any strong evidence that the Nazi bell became a reality, my understanding was it was not a maneuverable flying object, from what I've been told. And this thing, whatever it was, apparently was able to do that. And the 50th anniversary that you heard about, the theory just talked about, that this was a uh, GE Mark II reentry vehicle. More to come with Stan Gordon 
with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Message and data rates may apply. You don't follow the herd. You blaze your own trail. And you're as adventurous in the kitchen as you are in life. Whether it's paddleboard yoga or Peruvian steak, you're the first to try new things. So are we. We're Green Chef, the first USDA-certified organic meal kit delivery service. We offer delicious meal plans for seven different lifestyles. Paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegetarian, vegan, carnivore, and omnivore. Want to be the first of your friends to try Green Chef? Discover our exclusive introductory deal by texting the keyword FUN66 to 543543. We believe that cooking, just like life, should be all about experience and flavor. And by exploring dinner options with Green Chef, you'll try new recipes, techniques, and ingredients for bold, new restaurant-level flavors. It's like enjoying a new cooking class, but in your own home. To experience this culinary adventure, text now and discover our exclusive introductory deal. Text FUN66 to 543543. That's F-U-N-66 to 543543. Do you have difficulty taking supplements? Are you searching for a high-quality, complete nutritional drink that your whole family will love? Nutramedical's life support has arrived. All of your daily nutritional requirements in one quick, delicious drink. Dr. Bill Deagle's life support is a proprietary blend of vegan protein, activated vitamins, essential minerals, amino acids, probiotics, green tea, digestive enzymes, anti-inflammatories, cancer prevention, detoxification, and much more. Your body will high-five you for this one. Life support is the best, complete, nutritious meal replacement on the market. Whether you are an elite athlete, have post-operative challenges, chronic illness, elderly, or a family that just wants a quick, delicious drink, try Dr. Bill Deagle's Life Support for optimized nutrition in one great-tasting smoothie. Just add cold water, almond milk, fruit, or anything else you like. Nutramedical's Life Support. Try our great-tasting chocolate or vanilla today. Call 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. Nutramedical.com for the whole family. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. 
rotation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. As you say, with the 50th anniversary of the Kecksburg encounter, suddenly it's a landing vehicle. What I'm surprised, though, is that, if it was true, could have been something that could have been mentioned much earlier, even if it was a spy satellite. You know, after a certain number of years, it wouldn't even matter. In the last, I believe in the last year, actually in the last three years, well, since the 50th anniversary, I believe in three different theories brought out now as to what uh, Kecksburg was. They're all different. They all have a different amount of information in them. It just it goes on and on and on. If you go on the Internet, you can read many of these theories, many uh Many researchers and some from the science community have looked into this different, these different theories, and pretty much most of them don't believe it's connected with the Kecksburg case. And so once again, I keep an open mind. What I did find that's interesting, which a lot of people don't know, and it, it's very detailed and would take a long time to get into it, but in the last 20 years, there's some very interesting information that there may have been someone or something inside of the object. If this is true, and these witnesses I interviewed over the years, I mean, these people are extremely reluctant to talk about it. It wasn't easy to get these people. One of them basically told me because he was in very, very bad health, and he's passed away since then. The other one I had heard about years ago, back I think it was 2002, and I heard about him. His name came up, I think, like 13, 14 years before. And I had contacted him at that time because I heard a rumor that he had been hiding down in the woods and watching the recovery operation, and he wouldn't deny it, but he said he was afraid of getting involved. He didn't want his family involved. And then it was, um, I believe, in 2002 when the Sci-Fi Channel was backing a big investigation on the Kexper case with Leslie Kane, who was directing a group called the Coalition of Freedom of Information, and his name came up among others who, who were willing to share their information on the case with me, and I was able to interview him at that time. And uh, without getting into a lot of detail, I, I spent a lot of time with him. He was going to back out even when I went out to talk to him that time. He was reluctant to talk about it, but we spent some time together, and he began to unfold and tell me the story of the fact that he was hiding down in the woods that day as the military was just arriving on the scene, and he indicated that that he saw something down there which suggested there was something inside of the object. We've heard some other information out there, and I don't, I'm not saying that this is extraterrestrial, but also I think some of these reports from these people are very compelling. So I'd say there, there may be more to this than any of us really know about at this point. Is there any reason to think, though, that at least some sightings, especially in the 40s and 50s, may have been misidentified government craft, possibly test aircraft of some sort. Oh, I have absolutely no doubt whatsoever. 
that there were probably many, many different sightings of experimental aircraft. But, of course, our government has hundreds of miles of airspace in certain areas uh, in the country where they test fly these vehicles. And, I mean, we continually get reports in Pennsylvania for years of, of these big triangular objects and cigar-shaped objects. And there, there are so many reports, I mean, when you look at over the last 20-some, 30-some years, and many of them are very populated areas, very low over vehicles, hovering over highways, sometimes on the ground where we had physical traces over the years. It doesn't make sense that if it was something so secretive that a government would be continually flying over populated areas. But I have no doubt, yes, there were many misidentifications in some parts of the country of some of these test devices. What about the theory I mentioned earlier, which we haven't pursued yet, about a possible co-creation of some UFO events where we're participating to some degree in what we see because maybe it's so alien to our consciousness that we can't understand it. And therefore, we use our culture, just as maybe in the Middle Ages, we saw other sorts of things, such as leprechauns and such, that we interpret a phenomenon in accordance with our understanding of the present day. And today, it's a science fiction culture. What do you think? Well, again, some people who encounter these creatures, they're probably, they're probably trying to figure out to the best of their understanding, they're seeing something that is not supposed to exist, but they're trying to see if it's similar to something they've read about or heard about or something that's maybe fictitious, but it looks similar to what they're seeing. So maybe in some cases it plays a role in it. And just as we're talking here, it brings up something I found years ago. Many, many years ago, as I'm beginning to study the backgrounds of some people, I begin to find that some of these people had a long history from the time they were young of having very type of paranormal experiences. They would have dreams that came true, premonitions. They would have uh, incidents of paranormal phenomena in their home. And I wondered for years, could it be that some people possibly have some type of, um, they're able to perceive some phenomena that other people can't, that maybe they're more sensitive to the phenomena, that maybe in some cases the phenomena is attracted to them. And I remember years ago, there was an incident where was a group of people, and and the couple, some of the people, smaller people in that group, were seeing this large structured object hovering very low above them, and the other people couldn't see it. So could it be that only certain people have certain capabilities that are able to perceive some of these phenomena that other people can't? Well, I don't know if I want to be sensitive to it or not. What do you think, and what's your take on UFO abductions? You know, I, I was probably one of the first in the country to get pretty involved in UFO abduction with my research group back in the 60s. And uh, there was a lot of reports in those days in Pennsylvania and the Pittsburgh area. And my teams worked on a lot of cases. The problem is, you got to remember, we, were, we had hundreds and hundreds of UFO reports come in all the time. And we did this out of our own pockets. We had full-time jobs. You know, we were very limited what we could do. We were doing a lot more, a lot of people good, but we could only do what we could do. And I wanted to really study a lot of the backgrounds of the people involved. But I can tell you, just from memory, that some of those cases were very interesting. Again, many came from very credible people. And over the years, I mean, even today, I can think of at least one person just top of my head who I've been in touch with now for, my gosh, probably over 40 years. That person from the time she was little she, she had disappeared in a large field, in a large area. There was a major search for her. 
They searched for hours and hours, and they found her right on the spot where they had already searched. She had no idea what was going on, what she was missing. But throughout her life, from the time of being a child, she's had numerous paranormal phenomena occur in her life. Then her children and now her grandchildren are having these experiences as well. And this is something that's apparently not that uncommon. And uh, I remember one case that always stuck in my mind. This was uh, in the Pittsburgh area. I did get to interview the person, the witness in person, but some of my team was involved in it. And from just what I can recall, this person uh, lived out in the country, and apparently what the report was that during the night, he would be taken aboard a landed object, and, and there were a number of different biological experiments involved in it. Supposedly, I believe somebody one night supposedly fought him out in the woods and watched him go aboard the craft. But what he said to me at that time, years and years and years before, you really heard much at all about the grays, the humanoid reports. He's, he described it to me, and he said, they look like Pillsbury Doughboys. And I always thought that that was quite interesting. Well, therefore, it's not a Stay puff Marshmallow or something. It's not the Marshmallow <laughs> Man from Ghostbusters. <laughs> well... You know, once again, I've talked to many people who, who believed that they had missing time experiences, abduction experiences. Some of these people were very, very credible. You, there was no doubt that they were having, you know, a lot of emotional effects by some of the experiences they were having. Am, am I to say that they were abducted by aliens? Can't do that. But something was happening to them that was causing them a lot of, uh, a lot of things going on in their life, and uh, they were pretty shook up over it, I can tell you. I can tell you that we're going to ask more questions of Stan Gordon as we continue to pursue the reports of his investigations into the paranormal extending over many, many years. We have Stan and Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Does the current world crisis in North Korea or our domestic crisis right here in America concern you? Well, I know it concerns me. My friends over at Legacy Food Storage have solutions in the event there's the inevitable. What's the inevitable? Civil unrest, a run on your local grocery store. And here's my question to you. If this happens, how do you feed your children? How do you feed your grandchildren? Legacy Food Storage has the solutions. In fact, they can help you implement a simple plan to take care of your needs in the event of the inevitable. By calling them right now, I have authorized them to give you a special 20% discount at checkout by simply using GCN. Call 888-543-7345 or visit them at LegacyFoodStorage.com. That's 888-543-7345 or visiting them at LegacyFoodStorage.com. Make sure you use GCN at checkout for an incredible 20% discount. Don't be a victim. Take control of your life now. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. So as we continue with Stan Gordon, getting up to date on all these paranormal events. Now, if somebody has an abduction type experience and they report it to you, do you send them somewhere? to have it checked out? Well, I can tell you this. In more recent years, in fact, I would say probably in the last 20-some years, very rarely do I hear these reports of abductions anymore. And I've talked to a lot of other people that tell me the same thing. Back in the 60s, the 70s, 80s, we used to hear quite a lot of reports. But I rarely ever hear these type of reports at this time. 
back when I had my groups in those days, we did have a lot of specialists. We had medical people, you know, we had psychologists, we had uh, all kinds of scientists who investigated these reports. So we did as best we could with uh, what time we had, but we wanted to spend a lot more time with some of those kids. We just didn't have the capability to do it because, once again, everybody was working full-time. Many of us had families. This was all out of our own pocket, and you were limited what you could do. But there was a lot of reports back then. In more recent years, hardly ever hear of these reports. And it's unfortunate because today, a lot of people who really had some good research backgrounds, science backgrounds, are no longer with us. And it's very few people now that are really trained to deal with these type of reports around this area. Overall, are there any UFO abduction investigators today that you respect in terms of being able to do this kind of research? There's a few. I mean, I don't know anybody right now in this area that specializes in abduction cases whatsoever. I knew uh, a lot of the well known I knew Bud Hopkins and I knew, uh, you know, some Dave... Um, from up down in Philadelphia, and I believe he's still involved in some of these things. But most of the people I know involved, unfortunately, either are now completely retired out of the field or unfortunately have passed away. So there's nobody that I know right now that's really deeply involved in the abduction phenomena. A lot of the people I deal with now are very deeply involved in the UFO phenomena and dealing with cryptid reports. Of course, we have Kathleen Marden. I think she's living in Florida now. She was Betty Hill's niece. So she's somebody who is trained as a hypnotherapist, so she's one example of possibility, but not obviously in your area. So if someone wanted to visit that person, visit her or anyone else, it wouldn't be so easy. But you say you don't get that many abduction cases anymore. Hardly at all. I mean, very rarely people can bring it up anymore. It, It was very common back years ago, but I can tell you, I, I rarely ever even hear about these cases anymore. Now, that is interesting in and of itself. And does that mean that maybe there are other possible answers? I was thinking certainly in the 60s, maybe some kind of human experimentation might be involved in some cases, and that would be government, you know, the MK Ultra kind of thing. And maybe that explains some of it. But of course, a lot of other people have had unusual encounters. In fact, there was somebody that I had talked to a number of years ago when we had our previous co-host on the PowerCast, And they told me some absolutely startling, incredible things. I think his name was Doug, and I won't give you his full name, his real name, because obviously we don't really want to break his privacy. But he had some really, really unusual encounters. And that's interesting, that we wouldn't hear as many in terms of abductions. The question, of course, is, are abductions even related to the UFO phenomenon, or are they other events that we interpret in connection with UFOs because, you know, it's just out of our experience. Well, what was happening back in the 60s, basically before you heard about a lot of the, the small little humanoids, the grays being involved, what we were hearing was that there were incidents where local people were being taken aboard objects on the ground, where there was large objects on the ground, and they were having technical malfunctions, propulsion problems, and these very human-like, and most of the time, from what I remember these cases, they weren't small humanoids. They were more human-like figures, five to six feet tall. Some people claim they would telepathically communicate with these creatures, and they would take them aboard their craft and walk around the craft, and that was it. That was something that was pretty common 
Uh, I've heard a number of reports back in the 60s in Pennsylvania and other parts of the country. And uh, then it began to evolve into a lot of the reports of, of the smaller humanoids and the gray reports. That's just how it all began. And also during the 60s here in Pennsylvania, there were many, many reports of very large structured dome-shaped objects, many with portholes. Many of these reports were, I mean, very low level. Where they rent one case out of Pittsburgh, they're hovering near a bridge, and people are car, pulling their cars over to watch this thing hovering and spinning. Um, one case I had, probably one of the most interesting cases, early case I worked on was February 68. This was out here in uh, southwestern PA, out in this area. And this involved uh, two brothers. They're both deceased now, unfortunately. I got to know them both pretty well over the years. The younger brother at that time was a great believer in UFOs. His older brother was a complete disbeliever. They would get into such arguments, they would have fistfights over UFOs. And then the older brother didn't believe, went into the Navy, got a very high security clearance, worked on our most advanced aircraft on one of our most advanced aircraft carriers. He got out of the service and had just gotten married, and him and his wife rented a little farmhouse out in the, out the country. And one February afternoon, they have to look out the window, it's supposed to snow, and about 50 feet off the ground, about 50 feet away, is this huge battleship gray, solid metallic dome-shaped object with portholes in it and like a um, some kind of a platform, like a walking platform on it, hovering there. And he calls his wife, and she stands there, and they're looking at this thing, and they step outside, and these two little humanoid creatures come on the little pathway there on the vehicle. And at one point, one of them looks directly at him and his wife. He gets on the phone and calls his brother, who believed in this stuff, and he and his wife get out there. It was about 20 minutes away, and it's still there, but it's starting to snow pretty hard now. It's about 100 feet up, hovering above them. And they watch this thing suddenly shoots off into the sky in a matter of seconds looks like a bright star going across the heavens. They called the local airport and they were told, you're one of many people calling in reporting seeing the same thing. Once again, that brother didn't believe became a believer. And as I said, for many people, you have to see it yourself to really realize these phenomena are ongoing. So there were a lot of reports back in the 60s of these very large structured craft all over Pennsylvania. The capital, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, had a massive UFO wave for weeks that was making the local and national news. Many, many sightings of landings and weird, weird UFO reports that were going on down there. It was going on all over the state for many years in the 60s. So there was a lot of interesting things going on back in those days. So what have you got coming up for 2018? You have to go to my website, stangordon.info. I'm, I'm very busy. Uh, I'm always getting new reports in. Even in the last week and recent weeks, even with the terrible weather around here, I'm getting reports of mystery booms that are going on. We're getting Thunderbird reports, a, a Bigfoot sighting, UFO reports. A few of them I have on my website now, just a mention of them, at stangordon.info if people want to look. And uh, I have many, many speaking events scheduled actually to the end of the year, and I have more I know being booked. So if you're around Pennsylvania, West Virginia, you never know where I might show up. Keep checking my website under upcoming events. And if people are interested in getting my books, the, the Silent Invasion book, Astonishing Encounters, they'll read some amazing stories in there. They're available on Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com or my website. You can find us on Twitter if you look for The Paracast. You can also check out Chris O'Brien's content 
at OurStrangePlanet.com. That's OurStrangePlanet.com. We have two Facebook fan clubs. We also have an official Paracast channel on YouTube. And by the way, our 10th anniversary episode of the Paracast and after the Paracast are available as a sampling of the Paracast Plus. So you hear the version of the show free of network ads. You hear after the Paracast, which is otherwise only available if you subscribe to the Paracast Plus Go to plus.theparacast.com. That's plus.theparacast.com. Prices start, by the way, at just $1.49 a week. That's cheaper than the coffee at many of those convenience stores. And it goes up to like $4.99 for the month. And we have annual subscriptions and five-year and lifetime subscriptions. For the longer term, we give you free stuff. Plus.theparacast.com. Stan Gordon always fun to talk to you and learn about what's going on in that amazing state of Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. <laughs>